Guardian Unlimited. Muhammad Ali is an inspiration. This is a Muslim boxing event. I've been invited to take on uh, Wahidi Uzizi from Afghanistan. Amir Khan, when he was fighting in the Olympic Games, I mean, the whole nation got behind him. And to young Muslim lads, there's no question about it. He is somebody to look up to and admire. Don't worry, you are listening to the right podcast. This is Islamophonic, and this week I'm on the trail of Muslim boxing. In today's show, we have interviews with trainer Brendan Ingle, promoter Frank Warren, and commentator John Rawling. Of all the weird things that land in my inbox, an invitation to a Muslim boxing exhibition at a mosque is definitely up there with adult playgroups. So with nothing else planned for a rainy Sunday afternoon, I headed off to the mosque and the big fight. I'm at the West London Islamic Centre in Ealing and they've got a Muslim boxing exhibition. All the bouts are with Muslim fighters. They're all pretty young and it's been billed as a family event. Downstairs you've got an all-women seating area and it's been screened off. Um, so they can't actually see the ring up close. They're having to watch it from a different part of the mosque. Um, and up here you've got some mixed seating but it's all pretty much male-dominated. Lots and lots of kids here as well. I caught up with the event organiser to see if he could shed some light on why we were here. My name is Naeem Dai and I'm one of the organisers of the Muslim Boxing Exhibition. What's the purpose of today's event? Um, there's several purposes. Um, one of them is that uh, we feel that uh, the youth need something to occupy them. So as you can see, most of the fights today are youngsters. Um, and in addition, we want to keep our community healthy. And one of the ways is through boxing. How big is boxing in Muslim communities across the country? Well, I think what happens is it, it, it gets bigger because of people uh, like Amir Khan, as we call him. Um, then because we have the boxing club running here at, at the West London Islamic Centre um, every Thursday and Sunday, we get a lot of youngsters. And the surprising thing is that we don't just get Muslim youngsters. We've, we actually get Jewish youngsters, Christian youngsters. So it's a cohesion thing as well, not just a, you know, a, a, a thing just for the Muslims. The club is open to everybody. And, you know, this is another aspect that we really like about doing this. The boxing was certainly pulling in the crowds, but I couldn't get my head around it. This was, after all, taking place in a mosque, and the event even included a reading from the Quran. It's a bit of a departure from what I'm used to seeing at my local, so I asked Imran Hamid from the West London Islamic Centre to explain. Now this is a pretty radical event to have at a mosque, boxing, not just boxing but Muslim boxing with kids and you've got a mixed seating area. Um, how did it come about? The idea has been in development for quite some time because we have a mosque uh, boxing club which has been in place for the last 10 years and uh, it's very active. We have a lot of youngsters, a lot of youth who participate uh, and they've always had a desire to want to put on a little exhibition. Um, but in terms of yeah, it being held in a mosque it is a little bit innovative uh, to say the least um, but what we've got to remember is that at the time of the Prophet peace be upon him and if you look into the history of Islam uh, the mosques were very much a hub of the community the committee here and the, the, the people who govern the masjid here are very very kind of open-minded and progressive in that sense and uh, 
They were more than welcoming as long as we had the correct regulations and supervision in place. And this is a, a kind of opportunity for people to sit and discuss and talk and watch. Um, and uh, I think it's events like this which not only are beneficial for the youth of our community because it means by way of the boxing uh, we can keep an eye on them. We know where they are. Um, I'd much rather they were in a mosque environment than being out um, being uh, tempted by what society has to give them, to say the least. So. I was going to say, back to the point as um, mosques as a hub for the community, do you think that mosques um, in this country have lost their way with regard to that? I mean, people pray at mosques, they don't really seem to do much else there. I think this is a, a type of cultural baggage that we bring over. It's not the actual uh, essence of Islam and the, uh, the station, uh, the pedestal that the mosque held, like I said, in the past. But we know that there is a, a traditions and narrations of the Prophet, peace be upon him, where the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet, used to actually wrestle inside the mosque. Um, and they used to sit and they used to laugh and they used to joke within the vicinity of the masjid. And finally, what criticisms did you get for putting on this boxing event? I'm sure somebody along the line said, oh, there's nothing halal about men beating each other up. Yeah, you do get the, the armchair critics, as we call them. They're not going to help in organising or involving or giving any other solutions. But I think uh, if, if it's swimming, if it's football, whatever it may be, um, if we don't um, keep our youth engaged, then when they do go wayward, then there's no one to blame but us. And uh, we, the mosques have a big burden to shoulder and they need to step up to the challenge. Uh, like I said, uh, the youth is, uh, is what it's all about. Today's event is youth-orientated, but at the same time, while they're in the vicinity of the mosque, it gives us an opportunity to guide them and show them the true, moderate, balanced and tolerant message that Islam has to profess. So far, so halal. But enough Guardian analysis and hand-wringing. Time to get ringside to the rumble and prepare yourself for my amazing commentary. <laughs> Okay, I really couldn't tell you what's going on, except one of them is punching the other one quite a lot. And there's lots of advice from the audience about what this guy should do. Oh, that was uh, that was a hook. That was a hook. I recognise that. And now the other one's doing that thing where he's hiding his head in his hands. Of course, this being a mosque and everything, there were still some adjustments that needed to be made to make the noble art more suitable for holy surroundings. Here's name Dar again from the Muslim directory. Um, now I notice that there are some differences to this particular event. You don't have ladies in bikinis walking around the ring holding up signs. And um, there was a reading from the Quran earlier and an explanation about why this boxing event wasn't haram. Also, somebody said something about clapping. I mean, what are the other sort of differences that make this a Muslim event apart from the people who are here? Okay, um, as you say, I mean, uh, the whole aim of this is that we don't actually have a winner or a loser in this event. They're, 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 the fighters are competitive, but at the end of the match, they hug each other, they both get a trophy, and it's an exhibition to show the community uh, that the mosques can do something that is part and parcel of the community and help the youngsters at the same time. Is this a good way to get kids into the mosque? And why would a young guy want to get into a ring and be slapped around with nothing to show for it except bruises? I spoke to one of the fighters after his bout, Saifullah. What's it like before coming out here? Before, but when you get into the ring, it's much better. Were they shouting your name? They were everyone shouting my name, of course. <laughs> they were shouting everyone's name. I mean, the crowd was great today. It was good. And what does boxing do for you? What doesn't it do? I mean, self-defence. It's good for your health, gives you confidence, and I mean, 
that's it. I mean, it's really good for you. It's very important. What's your day job? Oh, my day job, uh, I study, I work, and this is my part-time job, just coming in once a week. I come, I come here, do my boxing, and do my prayer as well, so it's good like that as well. I mean, what do you think about the current crop of Muslim boxers? Are they good role models, do you think? Definitely. I mean, uh, you can actually see how uh, Muslim boxers are different compared to other Muslims. They're much, they're much better role model, and Muslims are pretty good at boxing, I'm not even going to deny that. We need to look out for Muslims, they, are, they will be coming up in boxing, inshallah. I was beginning to get the boxing bug. The Ealing event had really intrigued me. Boxing was very popular with the public, but I had heard from others that the noble art of pugilism was on the wane. To find out more, I met up with John Rawling, the Guardian's boxing correspondent and TV commentator, minutes before he won the RTS Sports Commentator of the Year Award at the Savoy Hotel. Boxing is still very popular as a spectator sport and as a television event, but it's not as exalted as it was in the 80s and 90s. What was going on then and what's happening now? I think at that time, so far as Britain was concerned, we were lucky in that there were some big personalities like Frank Bruno and some big rivalries like Chris Eubank, Nigel Benn, Michael Watson, Steve Collins. And I think to be a great fighter, you need to have great fights. And there were great fights at that time in that era. But there are certainly still stars out there. And another, of course, obviously, who will be moving towards a world title in the next couple of years or so would be Amir Khan. You've talked about Amir Khan. He's had a huge influence on sort of young British Asians, especially Muslim lads who are taking it up. And what does boxing offer them? Well, I think Amir Khan has shown through that if you have the talent and the dedication, that at a very, a very early age you can get a lot of a great deal of conspicuous success. But it's uh, he, he is he is a good representative. You know, he's a good uh, he he. he presents a good role model image, uh, Amir Khan, and I think that's important. He went to, to the Olympics at the age of 17, won the silver medal, and that really captivated the country's uh, attention. And since then, he's gone undefeated as a professional. And to young Muslim lads, there's no question about it, he is somebody to look up to and admire. And I think one of the nicest things about Amir is how much he does still have his feet on the ground. Unfortunately, Amir Khan's feet were on private ground, hidden away and under a total press ban as he prepares for his next bout. I wanted to know if boxing in the Muslim community was a bigger phenomenon than a day out in West London. And it was time to go to a place that was at the heart and soul of British boxing, a little gym in Sheffield run by the legendary trainer Brendan Ingle. Ladies and gentlemen, we're now approaching Sheffield when this train terminates. OK, I'm on the hunt for Brendan Ingle. He's not inside his gym. Um, there, are some there are some lads in there doing some shadow boxing. They're just warming up. But, yeah, I mean, my first impressions of the gym are that it's really basic. It's just got stripped wooden floors, punch bags hanging from the ceiling. And the whole place smells of feet as well, as if, you know, a thousand blokes decided to take their shoes off at the same time. Hello. Brendan Ingle. All oh, right. Come in a minute. Uh, not this far away. Okay. Where are you, Brendan? In the church. We've got the lady from the Guardian here. Okay then. Right. Is there look? With, with the, the broom. With the sweeping brush. <laughs> What's he doing with the broom? Well. Because <laughs> I saw some lads with a wheelbarrow <laughs> and they were doing some clearing up. So. Yeah. Well, they're on holiday, you see. Oh, half term. Yeah. He keeps them out of mischief. Hiya. Hiya. Okay. See you later on. All right, thank you very much. 
what you do with that broom, Brendan. On the way to his gym, he explained the brooms were for sweeping up litter from the surrounding streets. It was part of the lads' training, he said, a way for them to put their egos to one side. So I say to the kids when they come in here, understand, it's no good being a Muslim, a good Muslim on a Friday and being a horrible person the rest of the week. It's no good being a good Christian on a Sunday and being a horrible, you want to try and be a good person all the time. So that's the way this gym works. So imparting knowledge and getting them to use their brain. The kids in here, when they learn them, when they come, they wouldn't go to school. They would wag it from school, they were in trouble. It says you're mad. If you develop an all a bad attitude, if you got develop a good attitude, get a good education, then nobody can control your life. Do you want anyone controlling your life? No. And as I said, kids come in here that would not go to school. Now they're in school. They're going regular. They're respectful to everybody. They finish up. They're going to college. And some of them are at university. And if you had have said five, six, seven years ago to them, this is what they'd be doing, they say, you've no chance. It's like Kim, Ali Shah, come down from Blackburn. I says, you're responsible for yourself. I'm going to help you if you help yourself. Now, he's there every day at 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, you said earlier about the sort of the different races that were coming down, and you said now it's mostly Asian and Arabs. When did you first notice that they were the ones who were coming in? Well, probably about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, uh, I got one or two Asian kids come in. Going back before, that was Nazim Ahmed. Now, where's... Mohsen! Mohsen, have you got a minute, please? How old were you when you come here? Ten. Ten? Your, your many brothers of yours come here? Three, four? Two of them? Two of them come here. Where are you now at the moment? Uni. You understand? Brendan had mentioned that many of his newest recruits were young Muslims. I wondered why. And once I got to the gym, I chatted to some of the hopefuls there about why they got into boxing. Before I did boxing, I was always on the streets causing trouble, really, all the time. I hung around with the wrong crowd. I hung around with the bad kids and that. And then one day, me and my friend just thought of going to a boxing gym downtown. Went there, I liked it, and I continued. And then everyone kept on telling me about Brendan Ingle, this Brendan. So one day, I just thought I'd just come to the gym. I come to the gym, and I seen inside the gym, and I thought, bloody hell, this is the gym I want to be. And then after that, I've just been, I come every single day. So who are your role models? Johnny Nelson, because Johnny Nelson come from near my house. Um, Prince Nassim, uh, Penel Whitaker, Meldrick Taylor, there's loads. And what do your family think about you boxing? They think it's good, because since then, I've never been in trouble. Since I've, been come, since I've come to this gym, I haven't been in trouble once, of anyone yet. Really, Brendan looks after me most of the time. I'm really, I'm a, all the time I'm with Brendan, from seven in the morning till seven in the night. And what's your ambition? To be freeweight world champion. I mean, boxing's all about discipline, isn't it? Yeah. That's what boxing's taught you. Yeah, yeah, discipline. Most eating healthy, training right, sleeping right, all of it, really. Boxing's philosophy of dedication and abstinence from haram things like smoking, drinking, drugs, gambling and womanising make it an obvious pursuit for Muslims. There are fewer barriers than other sports too. A lot of the guys at the gym said they dropped out of football because of racism. Add to that the fitness and discipline needed and Islam and boxing make natural bedfellows. 
so it seems there's a groundswell of Muslim boxing talent rising up. But to get the big picture, I needed to go to the top of the tree, a man who would be able to give me a bird's eye view of boxing in the UK. So I pulled out my little black book and looked under you for uber boxing promoters and of course there was only one entry, Frank Warren, the man who runs a stable of champions and sorts out all those lucrative TV deals. If anyone knows what's going on, it's this man. Hello. Hello, is that Frank Warren? Speaking. Frank, hi, it's Riazza and we're calling you live from The Guardian. How are you? I'm fine, thank you so much for giving us some minutes of your time. Not at all, it's a pleasure. Frank, you're a promoter. Are you seeing a change in demographics in terms of the boxers who are rising through the ranks and the audiences as well? Um, yes, I think we are. I mean, but, but, but that's been happening over the years. I mean, and obviously recently there's a lot of uh, young Muslim boxers starting and, and being drawn to boxing. And also that reflects in, in, the, uh, in the audience that we're getting, you know, people coming to support them. I mean, is it fair to say that um, through figures such as Prince Nassim and most recently Ahmed Khan and Danny Williams, two of your boxers, obviously, is it fair to say that boxing has found a new lease of life in Britain's Asian and Muslim communities? No, I think it's a different market. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it, 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 it all helps. You know, the one thing about boxing is it, it, it draws from all aspects of society and, you know, and all ethnic backgrounds. Many years ago, it was really all about, you know, poor people uh, trying to get a living. Now you find you get quite a few boxers, for example, Amir Khan, who come from a pretty middle-class family. Yeah. Mm. But, um, you know, they're well-supported. Boxing's got more street cred now than it's ever had. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously when you get different generations of immigrants coming into the UK... Uh, you find that that's happened, as I say, over the years. I mean, it was the Irish, it was the, the Jewish boxers, uh, West Indian boxers. There's hardly, actually, there's hardly any West Indian boxers now. And there's, uh, there's quite a few young Muslims now boxing. How important is this market for you? Do you actively go and seek these people? I mean, you're Frank Warren, so you may get m loads more people coming to you. But are you aware of what's happening in boxing clubs around the country, for example? Yes, uh, obviously, you know, it filters down to, you know, what's, what's going on in the amateurs. But, um, you know, that's been, as I said, that's been like that for years. And, uh, and I think it's great. You know, I think it's great that, you know, you get uh, youngsters uh, from, you know, certainly Muslims, whoever they may be, coming to box. I think because it, it all helps in the society that we live in now, you know, people integrating. And, and Amir Khan, when he was fighting in the Olympic Games, I mean, the whole nation got behind him. And it was great for Britain, and it was great for, for Muslims. It was just a fantastic situation, and it was well received by everybody. And I think he's been a great standard bearer for Muslim boxers and sportsmen in general. Do you target this market? No, not really. I mean, what we do with um, with Amir is, uh, you know, he's, we, we, I think he's only fought once or twice in his hometown. We've taken him all around the country. He's fought in London, he's fought in Scotland, he's fought in Wales. He's been well received everywhere he's fought. And um, obviously, if there's a a Muslim community in those cities, then you know they obviously come along to see him fight. But but the general British public come mm. along to see him fight. When are we going to see the next Muslim world champion? And is he going um, to be one of your fighters? I hope so. I hope it'll be Amir. Or you know, Danny Williams was very un well. He, he got himself in a position where he fought Klitschko and unfortunately got beaten. But um, you know, there, there's quite a few coming through now, and uh, you, you know, and also from from a lot of the, the old ex. Soviet states, uh, you know, the breakup of the Soviet Union, you've got guys coming through from there now, you know, Muslim boxers. And I'm sure as, as, as time goes on, you know, there, there will be more and more coming through. Can you tell us a bit about Ahmed's next fight? Is he fighting on the 14th of July? He's fighting on the 14th of July, and that, that's at the O2 Arena, which is inside the Dome in, uh, in London Docklands. 
fantastic arena. And uh, Amir is challenging for the Commonwealth title against a Scottish guy called Willie Lamont, who's the Commonwealth champion, who's had 29 fights and he's only lost one of them. So it's a real step up for him. It's a tough fight for him. If Amir comes through that fight, um, you know, he then can go on hopefully to bigger and better things. But it's a very tough challenge for him. It's, you know, most guys don't fight for a, a title until after quite a few years. And he's, he's, he's you know, this is his 13th fight. Nassim Hamid, for example, he didn't fight for a title for three years when he turned professional. You know, Nigel Benn, I think he was 24 years old when he, he fought for a title. Uh, young Amir's only 20 now. Brilliant. OK, well, thanks a lot, Frank. And um, thanks again for taking some time out to talk to us. It's a pleasure, and thank you very much. And if you can need, we get you tickets to the fight on the 14th? Of course you can. You just <laughs> and you come as my guest, OK? Brilliant. We'll keep this on record. And Brilliant. We'll that for you. You're a star, Frank. Bye. So, so are you. Bye, darling. So, consider me hooked. Boxing has a new audience, and with all the talent training hard in Sheffield, it shouldn't be too long before we have a new Muslim world champion to follow in the footsteps of great fighters like Muhammad Ali, Prince Nassim, Bernard Hopkins and Haseem Rahman. That was Islamophonic. It was produced by Matt Slaps Like a Girl Haywood and presented by me, Riazat. I'm going to kick your butt. Jazakallah for listening, and until next week, wa alaykum as Guardian Unlimited.